Good morning, evening, nighttime, whatever it is, wherever you are. We are back with another episode of the Android Central Podcast, and uh, it's been a week. It's November is looking like it's going to be just as hectic and busy as October was, which is impressive considering how busy October was. But last week we got a uh, Facebook meta, so much meta, it hurts. Um, so we're going to talk about all of that. We have more Samsung leaks because we always have more Samsung leaks. So it's we're seeing stuff about the S22 and the S21 FE. So hopefully we're starting to get a little bit of a clearer picture about what the heck is going on there. And then, of course, we've got a couple. It, it, it isn't a new Pixel without there being new Pixel problems. And there's been a couple that have been popping up over the last week or so. So we're going to talk about those. And joining me for that is Jerry Hildenbrand. Hey, I was yawning again. Sorry. Eric no. said morning, evening, whatever. It's like super early morning in the afternoon here. <laughs> I want a nap too, Jerry. And yeah. we have Nick Sutrick. Hey, hey. I'm not asleep. I don't I don't think. Oh well then you can take care of it and I'll just nod off like an old man. Yeah, I had to crack a coke before we started because I, I need the caffeine. Alrighty, so we're just going to go ahead and dive into Facebook in the metaverse of madness here because holy crap, that was a lot of stuff announced last week. So Facebook is now one product that is under the umbrella of Meta. So Facebook, the company, has rebranded as Meta, but Facebook is still Facebook and it always will be. So getting into that, we had a lot of Oculus stuff coming out of this because Facebook is refocusing towards... What has been, you might have heard it if you follow any financial stuff or any like bleeding edge tech stuff, talking about the metaverse over the last year, maybe year and a half. And Facebook is wanting to go all in on it. So it basically wants to be a, it wants to be Sword Art Online or whatever virtual reality MMORPG anime that you've seen in the last 10 years. It wants you to, it wants to build a ecosystem in a digital world using uh, Oculus, which is no longer going to be, or which is no longer going to be called Oculus. It's going to be called Meta. And it's going to turn it into a virtual world where you want to spend your time, build up your your digital house and collect NFTs and other digital collectibles. So it's it's all going to be a bit interesting. Nick, can, can you walk me through a little bit more of this? Because my brain kind of melted there for a second, just looking at all <laughs> of the stuff that came here. Sure. So um, basically what Facebook is trying to do here is uh, I don't want to say control the metaverse because they've gone out of their way to say that they are no longer focusing on that. Their their concept here is to create a more uh, I, I shy away from the word open because this is Facebook we're talking about, but <laughs> collaborative. They're looking for a more uh, collaborative. collaborative. Yes, that's a nice PC term. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's basically what they did with social media. Uh, what are we at? 2021. So roughly 20 years ago or something like that. When they started Facebook originally, everyone was like, what the heck is social media? Nobody cares about this. It's only a bunch of people blogging on LiveJournal. It's irrelevant. And now, well, now it's social media as we know it. So their goal, of course, is to turn the metaverse into what social media is now, hopefully minus the toxicity. <laughs> um, God help us all. Uh, essentially, gosh, let's see any number of sci-fi worlds where, uh, maybe like Battlestar Galactica, if you ever watched Caprica, right, which was the prequel, 
where people sort of went home and stuck a headset of some sort on and were now in a virtual world that was, you know, better than the actual world with Cylons and death and all sorts of things. Uh, or maybe the, uh, the I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's, but yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to go with the Matrix because that's, that's a little worse, but um, Ready Player One, right, where, uh, you know, the world is overpopulated and there was really no room to play outside. So now we go into a virtual world to play. So uh, hopefully neither of the uh, dystopian realities and those sci-fi, you know, stories actually come to be true. But in any case, the virtual part of that is what you could think of as the metaverse. So essentially um, a place to live that's not reality, but is also connected to reality in ways that they want to build out. Uh, Zuckerberg did a pretty darn good job, I think, of explaining what it is in Mm, sort of now terms, right? So uh, one of the examples he used was like, uh, somebody's walking on the street, they see a piece of AR art or whatever on the wall, um, and they scan it with their phone and send it to their friends. And now their friends can jump on their VR headset and check out that piece of art in, you know, actual volumetric space, walk around it, whatever. Um, while you're in VR, you can take calls. Um, they currently have several different uh, ways to interact virtually that maybe will take off. Uh, they run that under the Horizon brand. So there's um, an app called Horizon Worlds that's sort of a VR social space where you can go in and play games with friends. Um, you can just hang out with them, watch videos, whatever. There are several um, other third-party ones that are like this too, but uh, Horizon also has workspaces, which you can sort of think of like a virtual meeting room, right, where... Uh, unlike Zoom, where you're staring at a screen sitting at your physical desk in Horizon Workrooms, you are at a virtual table with other people surrounding you. And it's uh, a lot of these things. They take advantage of VR's ability to make you feel like you're actually there. Right. And that's that's kind of um, the, the crux of the whole thing is that. Yeah, Zoom is fine or whatever in these situations. But if you actually want the nuance of real face-to-face -face, you know, conversation and interaction with other human beings, you need the body language, you need the presence, you need all those things. Except you're still not going to really get that because while you're going to get head and hand tracking, it's still not going to be the full body movement tracking that you need in order to have actual consistent body language. Right. I mean, that, so we're that still going to have a little bit too much uncanny valley, but you're going to have a headset on so you cannot physically look at anything else. <laughs> yeah. And, and that stuff will uh, get better over time. Right. So the, the stuff we're looking at now is, is super early. This is like, uh, you know, Palm smartphone kind of days where Windows Windows Mobile before it was, you know, looking like Windows 7 or whatever, uh, when you had to use a stylus and, and all that stuff. This is that level of early for these types of tech, right? So in 10 years, you will have the full body tracking. You will have, you know, just way better nuance than we have now. But this is still better than using Zoom, using Google Meet, using any of those technologies, really, no, because <laughs> why? You, no, nobody wants this. If I use yes. Zoom. If I use Zoom, I can see my friends and coworkers. I can see their face. I can talk to them. Uh, just as an example, I have a friend who recently went to Machu Picchu before all this COVID stuff hit. I, I went to Machu Picchu through a VR headset. 
uh, it's not the same. You don't want this. Don't buy into this. You do not want this for your future. You want real interaction with real people in the real world. I mean, if you're going to build a world with VR, why are we trying to recreate our world instead of trying to build something better? Well, and that's, like, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Right. Like, and that's where a want... lot of this other stuff comes in. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't want meetings in virtual reality and just like hanging out around a campfire and watching videos on uh, watching videos uh, in recliners together. I want like futuristic galaxies like exploring the world and all of these new and like medieval stuff and fantasy stuff we have so many ways that we can make this more fun why are we trying to make it normal i agree you can have a lot of fun in virtual worlds and there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that but don't try to substitute the real world with your version of crap yeah and that exact argument was brought up when, um, I guess at the time, Facebook uh, released uh, Horizon Workrooms, right? So people said the exact same thing. Why am I just sitting at a meeting table and yep. doing this? Why isn't it something further? And Microsoft actually this week teased um, a, a Teams integration type of thing that is similar, right? It's another metaverse type of thing. Yeah. And that looks a little bit better, maybe. Uh, at least the avatars. It just looks like the previous version, but it's in the Archer style, the way that they did their art. It <laughs> looks like The Sims 3. Can I build a fireplace and put a rug in front of it and burn everyone to death? <laughs> and, and Microsoft Teams, because it really, it just, it looks like The Sims, and it doesn't look like it's conducive to work or fun. Yeah. Let me see my friends. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And there, th this is the thing is with this, Facebook's idea of this is only one of hundreds, right? You could right. go right now on the, the Quest store and there are literally 20 or 30 different apps that do the same thing, but all do it a little differently. Like some of them are uh, a little more mixed reality, like you were talking about, right? So you can be in a room with other virtual people that have VR headsets on. And if you don't want to take part in that, then you use a regular Zoom call or whatever. And that, you know, goes onto a, a virtual projection board type of thing on the wall where everybody can see it. So it, it lets you sort of mix those as you want and as it makes sense. But I mean, like I said, I think these types of discussions are required to make this better. And Absolutely. That's that's all. That was basically the message that I think Zuckerberg was giving was that okay, here's my concept of this, but I know my concept of this is not what's going to work for everybody or all the time. So, you know, give ideas, put forth different products, all that sort of thing to, to start building this better. And I, I don't remember exactly what his words were, but he even said at some point, like, this is not something that's going to be done next year. <laughs> this is something that's going to take a long time to build. And just like we saw with social media, I mean, geez, how long was Facebook essentially a private platform, right? Like you had to have yeah. an educational email address to get in the stupid thing. I think it was years, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, a lot of people probably don't know. Facebook was started as a way for college dude bros to talk about other women's breasts. I mean, basically, that's what it was. And and they moved on from that fairly quickly and, you know, turned into the MySpace for hip people and thankfully got rid of that really 
bad idea. Uh, and, and this, I think, is an equally bad idea that, you know, they can quickly pivot. I, I really hope Zuckerberg meant it when he said, this is just my idea and it's not, you know, our final goals. We have to work with others to make something decent. Because that, that's a little bit better than, you know, what I, what I saw and what I heard just, it made me cringe inside. It's, no, I, I, I don't want this future. I don't want this for myself. I don't want it for my kids. I, 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 I still want the real world to be part of things. I still want a, you know, a regular screen on my laptop. I don't want my laptop to be a VR headset. Right. And, and that's fair. And I think um, there are other tech. There's, uh, there is, oh my gosh, whatever. There are other companies doing tech that works within this right. uh, par- paradigm, right? That doesn't require you to have a headset. And I think, I think getting focused on, I got to put a VR headset on to get into this is another message he was trying to relay. That's not necessary, right? Like you don't just have to put a VR headset on to experience this. The whole point of the metaverse is that this is another way for us to connect on a theoretically deeper level, right? Than we currently do through virtual spaces that doesn't matter which device um, you, you access it from because depending on the device, you're going to get slightly different experiences. Some experiences might work better with certain devices. Like, I mean, you, you think about uh, mobile gaming right now, right? Pokemon Go wouldn't work on anything else, okay? <laughs> It, it only works on a smartphone display that, that is like that. You really can't play something like that with a controller. And I think in, in this way, we're going to see a lot of these uh, different ways to connect in the metaverse looking like that, where it's like, yeah, you can access this from a smartphone, but it makes a lot more sense to just stick a VR headset on for this one thing than it does for maybe another thing. And I, I don't know if you saw Google's tech back, gosh, was it IO this year or sometime in the summer? basically like a booth that you sit in. It looks like an old diner booth of mm-hmm. sorts, right? And it's a, a hologram of the person on the other side, and it, it looks legit real when you're sitting in the booth looking straight at it. And it's equally horrible to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think those things are important for keeping uh, relatives and distant friends connected because I think about, like, you know, my wife's family lives in Orlando sure. and probably will never leave Orlando, and I have no desire to ever go live there again. Right. Like, but for those people, what can you trust companies that will find ways to monetize that virtual interaction? Can you trust them enough to still put equal amounts of work into real interaction? And I don't think you can. And I don't necessarily mean just Facebook. I mean, everybody, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, the whole slew of them. These companies are only in it to make money. Of course. And, and, and that's, they, they really don't care about our well-being. Right. Their, their, uh, their goal is to keep you on their platform so that they can monetize your data or, you know, maybe just to sell you products. Either way, yep. they want to make money off of you no matter how, or no matter what it takes. <laughs> or, well, yeah. yeah, ideally, ideally both, both really, because then you get, then you get two, two in one. <laughs> And I know I'm cynical, and I know I sound like that old man who's yelling at the clouds. But, I mean, hear me out. And imagine, you know, 10 years from now, the Internet isn't something you can sit on the couch with 
somebody that you love and and watch a movie on Netflix where it's instead it's you and your special person wearing a headset. Right. That's just not a good future. Well, I mean, especially for social media, if you're reliant on a headset, then that means that, okay, I have to be someplace stationary, someplace safe, and someplace I can actually put on the headset and use it in order to use any of these things. So it creates it more of a disconnect between the real world where you have to do real things and make real money in order to survive and a digital world where you can work towards anything you want, but none of it will matter outside of that virtual space. What was that Amazon movie that they put out, I think, last year where, you know, global apocalypse and the lucky people lived in these pods and they... Remembrance? I forget. It was a young man... He worked a bulldozer virtually for a living, and then the power went out, and he had to go out in the real world and got rescued by a family. Whatever. that That's just the first thing that came into my mind. It was, you know, this is kind of what Facebook is describing, where you can live your entire life in a pod. And that's no life. That's no way to live. And, you know, just just... Don't. Don't buy into it, people. Don't. It's not. It's not good. It's fun every once in a while, maybe. And in like Nick's case, and we all have friends and family who live far away, and it's neat if you could talk to them as a hologram and they can see you as a hologram, but that's not the same as seeing them for Thanksgiving. No, it's not. But... Um, so not really playing devil's advocate, but also doing it at the same time, right? Um, well, you gotta balance the two of us out somehow. Yes, of course. So if we think about, uh, current virtual space, right? Like how we interact with each other virtually. When you go on Facebook, theoretically, let's say you have a Facebook account, right? Um, you're probably going to see friends and family that are arguing politics all the time, right? And and we all know that arguing politics on a medium like that is completely useless. It does nothing. It's an echo chamber, right? And part of the problem there is that those people on the other end, even if you know them in real life, are not actual human beings when you're interacting with them in that way. So you do not treat them as a human being that you, you you don't treat them the same way as you would a human being in front of your face, right? So with something like, I don't want to use the metaverse, I just want to talk something like VR, right? When you are there with somebody else, obviously you you still have this disconnect because this is a, a digital medium, but you have uh, the presence that your brain brings to a situation to know that, hey, this this is actually a person, even if it is a digital representation of the person, there's an additional piece of the puzzle there that is missing from our current digital lives, right? So having something like this, it, it still adds that important piece of the puzzle, even if it is not 100% the same thing as being together in real life. And I, I think it's those little pieces that we're missing that are causing the the types of things happening um, in our societies where, where we don't have respect for one another in in certain ways and you know obviously humanity has never had respect for one another in various ways if you're going to vilify the other side people have always done that forever you know and they will do it forever but there is something different about this current uh, timeline i guess we'll call it 
because of the way technology currently works and how we currently talk to each other. And I think these types of things, like what um, Meta is introducing, are important to fixing what has become broken. There's nothing wrong with the way we communicate with each other right now, today. Uh, VR is not going to change Republicans and Democrats fighting with each other. Sorry, Nick, you're wrong. If anything, you can incorporate Mike Tyson punch out and they can literally beat an avatar to death. It's it's not people aren't going to feel the same human interaction through VR. You you know it's different. I know it's different. It, it it's closer, but and and right, and know. that's what I'm saying. Just, it's not it's not a one for one replacement and it doesn't need to be. But I think it's needed to add, like I said, the bits that are missing. And I think it will at least help some things. And but but like I said, you know, vilifying the other side is something humans have always done and will always right. do because that's human nature. We will never get past that. We are human beings. That's what I'm doing to you right now. You're wrong. <laughs> it doesn't No, this is this is important to see both sides of it. Right. Uh I I'm fully aware that what I think is not, you know, always going to be 100% correct and you shouldn't just oh I'm going to agree with Jerry no you shouldn't you should think for yourself and it's very important to hear both sides even if Nick is wrong <laughs> I I am highly optimistic by nature I know so because of that this is I think this is how, why I see things the way I do for this particular topic I'm under no illusion that it will solve some uh, deep divide in our culture, but the tools we have now, I truly believe have made them worse. And if we can fix those tools, we will at least make it a little bit better. You know, I, I think, go ahead, Era. I've talked enough. <laughs> okay. Cause I want to say, I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B, but it's not inherently the, it's not inherently the ways that we communicate digitally. It's a matter of We've grown used to being like, oh, we can be anyone on the internet. We can be anonymous. We can do whatever the heck we want. And then we can yes. walk away and have no repercussions of it. And maybe that worked in 1993, but that doesn't work today. Well, it, it didn't work back then either. If that's if well, and just, I know that's the way most people think. But, you know, you're, you are not anonymous at all. And I think maybe that's why I'm so cynical is I know how every company that's going to be involved in this. I know how cutthroat, bloodthirsty, and dishonest they all are, including Google. You know, it's not like we're going to play Google fanboy here. Google will sell you down the river in a heartbeat to make a penny. All these companies will. They invade your privacy. They do everything they can to use you like cattle. This is going to make it easier for them to do it. Right. And, and I think the rebrand from Facebook to Meta is another step in that, right? So... There may be some positive things that come of this. Oh, um, there will. There, we'll we'll I, you talk know, about I, that in a little bit, right? And I'm some not of enough of a cynic to think that there's nothing good about this. It's just the overall idea that we need to change how we interact with other people, I just think is complete bullshit. <laughs> no. It's not a matter of changing the way we interact. It's, it's a matter of changing the way we both view the world and view our place in it. Because it's not a matter of humans have always vilified each other. It's a matter of our selfishness has gotten to the point where it overrides every common or every sense of 
civic duty, every sense of selflessness, of community, of belonging. It's a matter of, a, I look for, I want to belong ex- where, with people exactly the way that I am, and I never want to change. If and this that can fix work. that, yeah, if this can fix that, it's all worth it, and I'll be happy to be wrong. But yeah. I, I think you really hit it on the head there. It's, is is this enough to change human nature? No. <laughs> That's, no. I don't, Damn, Nick, I, you were our only hope to be no, positive on that. I even said that earlier. I said it's I not, know, it's not enough to, I, to change it. <laughs> I'm hoping for it, but I don't think it'll change until we get to like the Star Trek port, uh, where we get to the <laughs> point in Star Trek history where it's like, oh yeah, we had universal basic income, so that way everybody could go focus on what they're good at, focus on what they want to do with their lives in order to make the world a better place. And that I'm happening. sorry, we're not we're not there yet. We're cl- yeah. we're we're getting closer every de- there, generation, but there we're is not no there. there. That ain't ever happening. <laughs> no, be careful, Era. <laughs> That's that. That ugly that is, C, that is a beautiful story is what that in. is. Yeah. It's, it's not real. <laughs> but as, as much as it would be nice to, it's just not. It's it's like you said, against human nature and human nature will not change. I don't know. I think the way that the Orville did it was would be pretty plausible. <laughs> I never saw that, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, you should. The season three is going to be great. I can't can't wait for that to show up. It's one of the few like sci-fi like star trek parodies i've ever watched with my dad and my dad was actually like okay i, I like this show when am i getting more of this so it it was a it was a nice balance between pastiche and actual hope for what the future could be but we're getting way way away from our topic so right. okay <laughs> we've shot cop- we've covered some of the meta inoculus stuff but Nick, tell uh, us about the, the good stuff and yeah, enough. I, was say, I don't want to be bummed let's out anymore. Get away from the clouds for a moment right. and talk about tell the good about, stuff, like, starting with GTA and stuff. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll start with the headset, right? Um, they announced a new headset. I won't go into that too much here. You can look at it on the site. Um, they teased it basically. It's not uh, a follow up to the current Quest Two. It's just going to be the like Meta Quest, right? Yeah. Well, the, they're apparently going to call everything the meta quest instead of yes, Oculus quest. that's not going to be c- convoluted at all yeah i don't i don't know what to think about the rebrand i i don't know i don't get throwing away the oculus brand like oculus is the brand in vr right now because it's oculus and it's vive and htc ain't doing much of anything with theirs no. outside of pc so AR. you know right. htc and steam may make a a on paper, a better product, but it's so expensive. Nobody cares. It's Oculus is the game in town. Right. So I, I made this point in the article I wrote that the Oculus name is not necessarily what people are going to think of in the future. I think Quest will be a stronger brand name. And I think, you know, they're going to keep that Quest Probably. brand name. Because if you think about uh, like Xbox or PlayStation, do you ever hear somebody say Microsoft, Xbox, Sony, PlayStation, Typically not. Yes, occasionally well, you will, but in most conversation, what? SEO. You know, that, yeah, that's well, I was gonna say, okay, well, Facebook is getting rid of all stuff. like Facebook is one of those companies that like knows SEO and has made billions of dollars off of cr- both uh maintaining their own and trying to force it on others. Like F- 
Facebook has turned into meta, which is a word that will be horrible for SEO because it just means so many things. And you're taking away Oculus, which is a clear, defined company with a clear, defined history, and just replacing it with Quest, which is too generic to trademark. I disagree. (laughs) I I think what you just said in, in the start of that sentence proves Nick right. Facebook spends billions and billions and billions of dollars to know SEO inside and out. And they've determined that Quest is the important part. Think about switch, right? Okay, switch is like the single most generic word you could have possibly used. But I would say people, when they say switch now, they don't necessarily think of a light switch or a networking switch. They probably think of Nintendo, right? Nine times out of 10, yep. Right, and that yeah. and it's only been four years since the switch came out. So I don't think Quest is going to be you, any you different. Just did, did you catch yourself? You just did it, the switch. I know, and I say you it didn't all say the time. The Nintendo I never switch. say Nintendo switch. switch, right? I mean, almost... I would say 9.8 times out of 10, I say switch. Yeah. So I don't think Quest is any different. I think people are going to forget the Oculus thing. They're not going to care. Quest is going to be what they're going to say, just like Xbox, just like PlayStation, whatever. Right. More Nobody's going to say meta quest. They're nah, just going to say nobody. quest. They're going to say quest. But more importantly than that, and I think I really like this too, is right. They're getting rid of sort of Facebook as the overarching name. They're getting rid of Oculus as the overarching name. They're also getting rid of the requirement to use your Facebook account as a login, yes. which I'm, thank I might buy God, one, that was the worst decision they ever made in the history of Oculus. You know, I'm, I might buy one now. I know. And that's the thing. Like even I've seen people like, oh yeah, they're getting rid of Facebook, but you're going to have to have a meta account. Okay, cute. Yeah, I get it. All right. That was, that was a nice, nice little put in there. But the important thing is not the name Facebook that you're getting rid of. It's the link to your social networking account. Right. That is the important thing, because now you can go and post your stupid political memes all you want and never have to worry about getting your quest turned into a brick, Okay, <laughs> which which is the issue right now. And for those of us who don't want to have a social networking account through Mark Zuckerberg's organization, now yeah, we I don't mean, have to. Exactly. Like they're always going to have to have some kind of account to track your purchases, because if you're going to buy stuff digitally, you have to have some sort of link to your ownership, yeah. right? You obviously have to have an account of some kind. The important thing is not tying this to your social media postings and being able to get banned and therefore losing access to stuff that you bought, which was it, it, crazy. I don't I don't Are even su- know how to, how to figure out how they came to the conclusion that that was a good idea. Are you suggesting that I would be banned? Maybe. Maybe yeah, you already I, are. Twice, actually. Twice. <laughs> on well, both my emails. <laughs> yep. So that was awesome. Um, and then they also announced, uh, they, they made some light announcements, right? So like uh, GTA San Andreas was a huge announcement, but they didn't show Diddly. So uh, we're getting Grand Theft Auto San Andreas full port to VR. I'm just surprised it wasn't GTA 5. Like it's come to every freaking other platform in the last three years yeah I, I wish it was gta 5 because san andreas is probably like the weakest one are but we ever maybe, gonna get a new gta uh, i think in two years they they said something about they're working on one and it should be out like in 2023 or something but anyway the way they're doing it you know san andreas in first person view I, I, i'd like to play it right and and after the the quality of the Resident Evil 4 port, I am definitely excited about this because I think they have proven that they can take a game that you might not necessarily think would work completely in VR and put it into that perspective and all of a sudden it's 
like magic, right? It totally changes the game. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And personally, I love San Andreas. It's my favorite GTA. So oh, disconnect him. <laughs> I'm I'm here with the weird opinions just for you, Jerry. Oh, you know, GTA I mean... five is the best GTA. Sorry. I, yeah. You know what? I've never even played GTA five. So we're good. Oh, my I've God. I've never played How do any I of them. I'm going to DDoS you. Nick. <laughs> I've never played any of them. And I don't intend to start now because I have so many other things to play and to do. So. But moving along with the Oculus announcements, one game I would like to play on Oculus is Beat Saber. And they, they've made a crap ton of money on Oculus yes. from what was announced last week. Yeah, and, and so they, they've made $100 million in revenue just on the Quest platform. They didn't announce any other platforms, which um, is it's impressive in its own right. I mean, that's a good amount of money to make for any game. It yeah. doesn't matter what platform you're on. Um it's also impressive because not two or three days before that, uh, the Walking Dead game, uh, Saints and Sinners, announced that it made $50 million on all platforms combined, which, based on the data we have, probably means 90% of that is on Quest. But, <laughs> but well, so it's I, still... I, I think this is more about how fun and easy Beat Saber is to get in and play than it is the platform it was on. Beat Saber is just a good game. It wouldn't matter... You know, if they could find a way to do it, not be in VR, you know, like as a PC or a console game, they'd make a ton of money. It's just Beat a Saber fun, is easy DDR game for the VR generation. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like DDR, Guitar Hero, any of those ones that made sense yep. for the particular thing that it was released on. Yes, it is 100 percent that it's just Except nice you to don't see need it do that so bulky well. Bulky ass Matt or that bulky ass guitar. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then they also they've so. Beat Saber um, is made by Beat Games, which is one of the companies that uh, Oculus, Facebook, Meta, whatever, acquired a while back. They've also acquired Supernatural, which is uh, probably the most popular VR exercise app. That's one that you have to have a subscription to per month, but you get you know new songs every day. It's awesome. They just added boxing. So they um, are definitely ramping up their first party studio. Uh, you know, they're not quite at the level of Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, as far as first party developers go, but they are very quickly getting there. And I think that's really important for the future of this as a gaming platform. You have to have that strong first party presence. And they are, I, I mean, in every way I've seen and in every develop, developer I've talked to that works at these studios, they've been very happy with what has been done since the companies have been acquired because I mean, for the most part, um, and again, with the people I've talked to, Facebook has been very hands off. They basically give you money and <laughs> say, have fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a little more to it than that, but for the most part, that seems to be the gist that I get from people. And that's pretty awesome because it means that they can be creative. They have the money to be creative and they can regularly update their games. Like I look at Population One, which is another one that I play in another studio that they acquired recently. And that one has, it's got new events like every week. I mean, they, there's constantly something going on. There's something to always bring you back to it. And I think those things are, are really nice to see and a really positive uh, look, looking forward to, to what this platform is going to become. And it Pretty much everything I've seen at this year's Connect is positive in that regard. Alrighty. Well, I'm happy for VR gaming. Um, 
When it comes to VR exercise and music, whichever one gets Disney music is the one I'm going to use <laughs> if and when I eventually get VR. But until then, I'm just content to go to Walt Disney World and walk 6.5 miles and call it a day. And you should always rather go to Walt Disney World in person and walk six miles yeah. than put on a headset. Trust yeah. me, from somebody who has to use a headset to go visit parts of the world, trust me, it's not the same and it never will be. Yeah. Well, we're going to get away from VR and take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Samsung and Google. Research is an essential part of my work and my life. In order to present our readers with the best Pixel 6 cases, I need to make sure they're well-made and long-lasting. If your search to find the right people for your team is turning up nothing, there's another way to do it. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring tool you can use to attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't struggle to find high-quality candidates on your own. Indeed helps you hire the right people right now. It'll even guide you through every step of the hiring process, from finding talent with the needed skills through instant match, assessments, and virtual interviews. After all, there's nothing worse than going through a great resume and a wonderful interview before realizing that a candidate isn't trained on the systems that you use. Training that can often take months that you don't have. Assessments let star applicants shine with tests for everything from coding to cooking. You pick what skills you want tested and Indeed will give you a clear view of the talent's abilities. This also frees up time during the interview because you already know what skill level they already have, so you can spend more time talking about what matters to you and your team. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit doing upgrade your job post at Indeed.com ACP. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alrighty, so I know that we've been talking about Pixel a lot for the last couple of weeks, so we're going to come to Pixel after we do Samsung. So... Samsung and the S20 FE and the Galaxy S22. We still don't know when the S21 FE is going to launch other than it's not launching this year. Because if we were going to get a launch of that phone between now and the end of the year, it would have been launched this week so that way it could be on sale yep. for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It ain't coming this year. There's been some hints that it might come at CES, but I, I still don't I even don't really know. trust that. I think Samsung will hold another event between... CES and whatever used to be Mobile World Congress. That's what they usually do to announce stuff in the spring. That'd be a good time to announce the FE and tease about the S22. But that would also mean that the S22 would be launching significantly later than it has in previous years because Maybe. the S21 came out in January. Well, we definitely know the S22 isn't coming in January. Sorry. Nope. No, we know that now that we've got reports that the S22 ju basically just went into mass production in the last week or two. Yeah, and so... Especially with the way that shipping constraints have been, like, the global shipping thing, before we had all that nonsense, a three-month lead time on mass production was enough to get enough of your product for launch. I don't think three months is enough now. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think... I, I mean... It it takes half of that just to manufacture the parts. That doesn't include assembling them and shipping them. So, yeah, I, I think we're looking at March, April at the earliest for either one of these phones. 
Um, and who's to say they are not going to launch them both at the same time? An S21 FE is a base model and then having the S22 be basically the S22 Plus and then having an S21 or S22 Note as the Ultra model. And, you know, Samsung loves to mix it up. And it just have, doesn't make sense to mix numbers in the same well, generation. But what you have to remember, Samsung has an incredibly popular product out right now. The Flip 3 just, we all love it. Everybody loves it. Uh, Samsung is not, they, they're not, you know, in a rush. They don't have to be. They're, they have a product that's selling as fast as they can make it. So if they need to take more time, I, I assume they will. And I'm happy for that. I'm always happy to see companies take more time and make the product we deserve right. instead of rushing to try and hit deadline and giving us something that's incomplete. Or or make something and show us how great it is and then make us wait 16 weeks to get one. Google. There you go. Now, I, yeah. think, <laughs> I think this is the first time in a number of years that we're actually seeing uh, a longer time year over year for the next you know generation to launch, right? Because I think... I can't remember exactly how far back it's been, but pretty much every year it's been like, oh, this is launching in uh, 11 months since the previous yeah. one was launched or something like that. And now we're looking at probably at least 13 months, you know, by our best guess right now before we see the S22. Phones last longer these days. I mean, Chromebooks are getting to the point that you only need, you don't need to release a new model until like two or three years afterwards. I would love to see phones, uh, phones get to the point where it's like, okay, we're going to have a like, 18-month or 24-month release cycle yes. between models. I've been working on a, a little experiment, and I'm, I'm I'm in the midst of writing it up. It should be an article on the site in a week or so. I actually used the uh, S10e for a while just to see, is a mid-range phone from, what was that, 2018? I think so. Is the a S10? Mid that yeah, was 2019. The, S, the S10e, whatever year it was from. Is a mid-range phone that's several years old good enough? Spoiler, mostly. If they sold this phone new for $299, bucks, i would tell you you should buy one. So there's no rush to get the next great thing out. Right. And there, there's two, um, I guess, two facets to that, right? So you have the whole, there's not really as big of a difference between phones year over year right now as there used to be, you know, five, ten years ago. And then the other thing I thought was interesting, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the S21 has not been selling as well as previous generations, right? Isn't that still the case? I I think so, but part of that has to be the availability because it's been hard to keep the S21 series in stock just right. like everything else I mean, this year. And, there are and a it's lot of, their down year. Right, and there are the a S20 lot of other variables sold huge, to that too. So people don't need an S21, they just bought an S20. Yeah, especially since there weren't that many upgrades there. Yeah, I mean, people were unemployed because of COVID. There were all sorts of reasons the S21 yeah. might not have sold as well. But I think in the past, when you have these sorts of generations where, you know, maybe the phone was lame and nobody wanted to buy it, Samsung would usually be like, okay, well, in 10 months, we're introducing something way better, you know, versus waiting a year right. to, to unveil the next one. So this, again, this is like the first time in a while we've seen them not do that. And, you know, the all the other variables come into this too so it's not an apples to apples comparison but it's still interesting to see them breaking ranks with what they have traditionally done in several ways 
I mean, if anybody's going to break that cycle and start going to a longer release schedule, it's going to be Samsung because Apple has built in and built its whole basic fandom around, oh, you're going to get a new phone every year and it's going to be the best phone ever. Right. Except it's not because you can't have a generational upgrade that is significant every single year these days. We have reached the point of diminishing returns. It, we saw exactly that this year. I'm not going to say the 13 or Pro Plus Magnum, whatever the hell the big one's called. Magnum. I'm not going to say it's not a great phone, but is it worth, you know, getting rid of your iPhone iPhone 12 and then spending another 400 bucks to buy one? I don't think so. Nope. I mean, like, that was the only reason that an S21 upgrade was compelling for S20 users is if you had an S20, your S21 was basically free yep but yeah so i'm i'm hoping that we can start getting away from that kind of model especially because a people are holding on to their phones for longer periods now people aren't doing two-year upgrades to their carriers as much anymore because both the carriers and the people have realized oh hey if i just put the phone on installments whenever it's paid off it's paid off and i just get that money off of my bill so I'd, I'd love to see it go to a slightly longer thing, both financially and ecologically, because we produce too much e-waste uh, upgrading phones that are still perfectly good in this country yep. and around the world. And, and I think it's, it's important to realize outside of the FE, you know, a 21 FE would probably be a very popular phone. Every phone that Samsung offers right now is a great buy. And just because... Another one may be coming in the next five months. Doesn't mean if you don't, you know, if you see the deal on the S21 that you like, know that it's a great phone and it's going to be a great phone this time next year too. And that, that puts Samsung in a really good position. It has a great product lineup and that these products are going to stay great for the foreseeable future, even if newer models come out. Right, which yeah. is another reason we haven't seen the S21 FE really make an appearance because there's really no need to launch it right now. Well, it did make an appearance. At least we got physical photos of the front yeah, and back of the phone. Yeah, we've had leaks and stuff, but I mean... And, oh my God, can I just say for a moment that olive green color that matches the Galaxy Buds 2, I, I just want to scream. That color looks so ugly. Oh my God. And you know what? I, I bought a pair of those buds too in that color for my wife as a surprise it is that ugly in real person <laughs> i mean in real life it is as ugly as you think it looks i don't know why i picked that color it's the color of snot what are we thinking people <laughs> i thought it would look more green and look cool but it doesn't it looks like two parts green and three parts brown in a bucket and stirred together it is nasty yeah, no, it's it's somebody mixed the paintbrushes and then stuck them all into the same paint can anyway. Yeah, yeah that's what the paint thinner looks like after you clean all your brushes. That's the color of that phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, but I'm whenever the S22 launches, I'm sure it will have been worth the wait. I'm happy to wait as long as we need to so long as we actually get a reasonable upgrade or we're going to get a continued decline in price. Especially as Samsung is realizing, okay, we want to go bigger on foldables. The S20, the, the Galaxy S line needs to not be as much of our focus. We don't need to have so many different models of it. We don't need to focus all of our attention on that because we need to 
we have to split the baby now and put half of our focus into the S line and half of our focus into the fold line. What I want to see is something that I know I won't. I want to see Samsung kill the A70 series and make the S22, just the base small S22, Snapdragon 670 or something, sell it for $499. Boom. And it's it's a flagship phone in all but price. And, and mean, we know it can be. Look at the Pixel 5. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pixel 5 and 5A can definitely prove that. I mean, and, and if Google can pull that off, you know, Samsung can do it blindfolded and with their hands tied behind their back. But Jerry, the A70 series exists for carriers, not actual people. I know, but the A50 series could still be there for the carriers, or maybe the S22 could be there for the carriers. Just position. I mean, whatever the Galaxy S series, the Galaxy carriers love that S. anyway. And and Galaxy S is just Samsung puts so many more resources into its support. You know, unfortunately, it has to be that way. That even a company as big as Samsung can't, you know, do everything. So they they focus on their flagship line. And what's wrong with making a flagship that's, you know, not got the very best of everything and it can save the consumer three four hundred bucks yeah and and you would support it more easily with a lot fewer resources if you did it this way i i would love if they did that this way because i believe in having fewer models that work for more people than having more models that just don't work for anybody right but at the same time samsung is offering three years of system updates and four years of security updates to some of the A-series phones this year. I think the A52 and 32 were getting the three years of system updates alongside the S-series. Like, S-series and Z-series, you know they're going to get the full three, four years when it comes to the updates. Some of the A-series are getting that too. So Samsung's getting better about all of it because so much of it is the same parts and the same configurations. Yeah, that's that's the thing. The the drawback to what I just said is now the S series isn't essentially the same phone with a bigger screen. And that will require a little bit of extra work from Samsung to treat them all equally. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for getting rid of the A series and having the base model S 22 or the base model S series be your budget, your mid range phones that would work for a lot of people. and, And that's something we would have to stop. It's still a flagship high end phone. Just yeah. because it doesn't have all the very best parts in it doesn't mean it's still not a quality product that we should be able to get behind and endorse with the same enthusiasm that we do a $1,500 phone. Uh, Jerry, that's, that's why I love the Pixel 6, because it's a $600 phone right. that does it all and isn't $1,000. And, right. you know, it's the Pixel 6 is the best Android phone, in my opinion, because it does everything you need it to. And it's a reasonable price, and it's going to be supported for a long time. Yep. And I want to see more of that from Samsung as well. Yeah, it would be nice. But yes, you're right. We would need to. We need to. We would need to revise the way that we look at classifications for smartphones because we view flagship as a price range rather than a spec range. Yeah. And I don't mean we as in the three of us work for a website. I mean we as in Android enthusiasts, everybody yes. listening. The the Google Five was or the the Google Five the Pixel Five was not a mid range phone. It was a cheaper flagship phone that performed as well as many other flagship phones out there. 
but they used cheaper parts inside it. And, you know, the price reflected that. Yeah, I, I think that the problem is that there was a stigma for a long time that cheaper Android phones were trash. And they were. To oh, be fair, well, yeah. they were. There's a reason it was a stigma, not just some sort of, a, you know, assumption. And, and there's I think a reason that right. LG's out of business and Motorola may be number three in the U.S., but they have like 1% of the market because some of their super cheap phones are still crap. But they some don't of their not super cheap yeah, phones well, are still crap because they don't get updated. I wasn't going to go there, but yeah. It's, it's <laughs> a thing. Whereas, I mean, you know, we know... Era just said the A52. The Galaxy A52 is, in all intents and purposes, it's a mid-range phone, and we can call it a mid-range phone because Samsung portrays it as a mid-range phone, but it's not crap. No, it was not crap. It was a decent phone. I had fun reviewing it. Alrighty, but we're we're going to get away from trying to reform the entire yeah. tech industry <laughs> right here. Uh, I have one more note for Samsung before we move on to the Pixel and all of the stuff that broke last week on that. Uh, but One UI 4 beta is getting closer and closer to stable for regular phones like the S series. And it's finally come to foldables like the Galaxy Z Flip 3 and the Galaxy Z Fold 3. Nick, have you played with that on any of your phones yet? I still don't have it, and I actually emailed our Samsung rep to see what the heck's going on with that, because I never found um, the the banner in the Samsung Members app to click, whereas it was right there for the S21. Um, ah. So I, I can't wait to try it. I'm also excited to see how that compares to Android 12L when it yes. eventually hits the Fold 3, because I think that's the first device it's it's hitting, right? Yeah, for the beta, it's going to be so. tested on right. Fold 3. So, it's going to be really cool to see what Samsung things Google has pulled into Android. But I mean, who, who in the world knows it? They showed a, a few of those things on there, but it's like, OK, I mean, how many of these things are going to look or work the same as what we currently have on the fold? I don't know. I'm 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 looking forward to, to trying it at the very least. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. It'll be very interesting, which is a word that we overuse and yeah, sure. it's just too generic. But it's also one of those things of I, I can't articulate how good or how bad or how excited I am for it until we actually see more of it. Right. So it's just it's just something we're waiting for at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Alrighty. So moving back over to the Pixels, I am still in love with my Pixel 6, but Pixel 6 Pro owners seem to be having a couple of issues so, Nick, let's first talk about um, the display, because there's been some a couple of different issues that have been wrecking smooth display on the Pixel 6 Pro. And they're app issues. Stop blaming Google, you idiots. I don't think all Sorry. of them are app issues. If an app messes with the screen refresh, you can't blame Google. If it, I, I almost can guarantee if you tear these apps apart, they're not just tapping into the regular screen APIs and letting you know, the display renderer take care of their refresh. I, I can almost guarantee it. I would love to see. Let's, I mean, let's, or let's every, go over what's every actually app happened be before we get into the analysis, boys. Okay, all right. So the first, the first sm smooth display issue that we have run into is Telegram users were found, uh, kept finding that their Pixel 6 Pro was locked to 60 hertz. And it was apparently because of Telegram's... Uh, wake to speak or whatever feature Ra it was. Raise to speak, but, yeah. Yeah, raise to speak. 
one of Telegram's features was somehow locking it in at 60 hertz. And the old, like Google has commented and doesn't seem to have a fix for it yet. But they've mentioned that you just need to disable the feature. And to be fair, I called Telegram an idiot. They they're not idiots. I, that was me trying to make a joke, and it came out before I thought. Tele, the people that work at Telegram are definitely not idiots, and I don't really think they came out and blamed Google. So you can just send me your hate mail because I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right, carry on. <laughs> All righty. Well, Telegram isn't the only thing that's breaking smooth display, though, although the other ones, we don't really seem to know exactly what the issue is because it's been happening to different people at different times. Uh, For some people, it's a matter of it'll happen after a couple of hours of the phone being on and then they reboot and it is fine after that. So I'm I'm still chalking this up to being like a first month. Okay, there are bugs that need to be worked out. What the the November patch that uh, that pro owners got at the beginning of the week, because that was November 1st and that was patch day. uh, The update y'all got got at the beginning of the week was things that were found and fixed during October or were found and fixed during like late September, early October when they were working on the last pre-production issue, uh, pre-production software issues. Any of the, anything that has been found since launch is going to be fixed next month in December. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I know mine brand new out of the box as a retail unit didn't need to update. And I've spoken to several other people who saw the same thing. Uh, so I, I don't know what the story is there, but typically you're right. It's it's a last minute thing that Google's trying to fix. You know, it's possible that the early ones that went in the box didn't have it. And, you know, in the middle of the software production, they just decided, OK, stick it in there and flash the rest of the phones with the right one. Yeah. And for the Pixel 6, for the residual light issue, the flickering that some of us have seen, I, I haven't, so I can't comment on it. Google has said that that will be fixed in the December update because they just, it got found after launch. So that's, the November patch was already on Pixel 6s when they launched, or if it wasn't in your phone when you unlocked it, then it was the first update that got update, uh, the first update that got pulled during setup. So things are still happening. This month is the month that we find as much of the software things that we can that are wrong. And then December is when they hopefully get fixed and they'll just be relatively smooth sailing from December on. Right. Or at least that's the hope. But it's it it wouldn't be a new pixel if something wasn't broken. It, it, both of these issues are just nothing. I mean, yeah, it's the screen flickering that that could be static, you know, it could be that the button itself is is capacitive by accident. There's there's lots of things it could be but all of them are easily easy software fixes. Even I could figure out how to fix them. And, you know, I, I'm not near good enough to work for Google. Exactly. All the things we found that have been found so far, almost all of them have been minor things that don't impact the overall performance of your phone. It's not like the Pixel 4 where we used it. And then after like a week or two, we realized, oh, shit, this battery is just bad. And, and the Telegram thing that really gave me some insight into what might be going on there because of what it is. Uh, lift to wake that means it's polling your phone mm-hmm. and if it's polling your phone 60 times a second uh, that's probably very incompatible with your phone refreshing itself 120 times a second yeah so i'm i'm still super happy with mine i haven't been getting to use it as much during the day because it's just been 
busy as can be this week, and it probably will be clear through t- till December at this point. So I'm I'm enjoying my phone whenever I can. I'm still finding things that are slightly new and that I love when I'm using this. Um, I did think I had a battery issue late last week, early this week, but uh, I've been tracking my battery usage because I thought it was draining too much overnight, and that turned out to be something that was fixed by a reboot because I've only gotten like 5 to 7% drain overnight since then. So it's also early days where we don't have a lot of data, so things can look bad, but it's also a matter of we just need more time to see if it's a momentary thing, like a one-off, or if it's something that's consistent. So take everything for the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro this month with a grain of salt, except for the fact that it's hard to find the phones now. If you didn't pre-order your phone, if you didn't pre-order your Pixel 6 or Pixel 6 Pro, uh, both models are waitlisted on the Google Store, I believe, for basically every color except for actually i think for every co- almost every co- every color of the 6 pro is waitlisted at each configuration size and i believe most if not all of the pixel 6 configurations are waitlisted as well if uh, best buy has been sold out amazon has been uh has been sold out or have it be like oh you'll get it in 1 to 3 months yeah sure that that helps uh even places right. like target have been selling out and carrier stores Carrier yep. stores, if you go in and ask, is like, okay, I want to trade, I want to trade to your cover, I want to trade to your carrier and I want to get a Pixel phone. They're like, oh, we we don't have the phone. So it's supply and demand is going to be a thing here with the Pixel 6 for the next couple of months. And I, something tells me that this is a good thing for Google. I, I yes. yes. Yes, I this is a very good thing. I don't think that Google shipped as many. Pixel 6 Pros to Verizon as Samsung did the Galaxy S20. You know, I, I don't, I, only a fool would believe that. But I'm pretty sure, you know, Google didn't just ship one or two. No, it's so. And it's, it's widespread. It's, it's, con- it's country, it's countrywide. If you go like put in any zip code anywhere in America and Best Buy or Target or any of the app or any of your carriers, nobody right. has even, one at even, all. Even where I live where it's just the middle of nothing. Uh, you, the can't, only place you can't that, buy the phone. Yeah. The only place I have seen a Pixel 6 in stock was I I looked at my I looked at my parents' house for at the Target areas because Target got a restock on, I think it was either Monday morning or Tuesday morning. And there were a couple left at the Georgetown Target and they went quickly. But that other than that, they've they've just been gone. So you're either gonna have to just refresh early and often to try and see who gets a restock. And honestly, that's actually going to be the same with a lot of the cases for the Pixel 6 and Pixels, and especially the Pixel 6 Pro. Like, I've, I've been monitoring the cases just because this is when everybody's buying a phone. This is when everybody wants a case. And Caseology, Spigen, uh, even some of the others like Incipio and Otterbox, like, it's hard to find cases that are available for immediate delivery. And even for some cases, they are, uh, they're backordered till... December in many cases. You know, I, I have a feeling that, you know, a company that makes phone cases, they see a Pixel phone's coming up. They're like, yeah, we'll make a thousand cases. That's all we're ever going to sell. And this phone being a little more popular than previous Pixels probably has a little bit to do with it. O- outside of the other stuff, supply and shipping, you know, is always a problem. Right. Yeah. And, I, I mean... mean- Yes, Pixels haven't traditionally sold in high enough numbers for them to do big runs of them. So the first runs are basically all gone. So now manufacturers are making more. 
Yep. So if you're wondering where all of the great Pixel 6 Pro cases are right now, they're, they're not at they're Google. Ba- they're not available right now. So we can't link to them because there's no purchase button. Just don't don't give in and buy one from Google. Use duct tape or something. Those cases are so bad. All right, I'm done. <laughs> okay. If you want a Google, if you want the Google case just to have the Google branding, that is your right. A no, number not. of those cases. You don't want one. Trust me. You don't want one. They're garbage. Google, you were bad, Google. Bad. I want to spank you on the nose with a newspaper. I will say the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro cases weren't as good as the Pixel 5a case that they gave us in August or the fabric cases that we have had every other year before now, but didn't get this year because fabric carries germs and pandemic. Even the carpet cases were better than this. I don't know what's wrong with them. They're just, they're slippery and they seem like they're scientifically unnaturally dry. I hate them. Yeah, the, they are whatever they dry, use yeah. to create the frosted look on these cases, it's I don't either they needed to have the frost imprinted in throughout the TPU instead of having it be like a coat on the surface or whatever surfactant they used on this thing is just it's weird. Well, are are we sure they're and even made of TPU it. and not like dog uh, that, skin? That's or... also correct. They're not entirely made. <laughs> they're not entirely made of TPU, so you know it could yeah, be. They're be, not be, entirely be that, but I know they're they're partially recycled, but they're plastic cases. There's only so many types of polyurethane there are for case that a case for a case that is flexible, because we know this is not a hard case. I, I believe I said to somebody that they're made out of bad seafood and and horrible nightmares. And I'm going to stick to that. That's that's what they're built out of. I like it. Anybody who ordered, I mean, if anybody wants the uh, Pixel 6 Pro Google case, the gold is back ordered to we don't even know when. The green is not great with any other color besides the white. So your options are the black and the silver. Yeah, I, so. I, I like the way the green looks when I'm looking at the front of the phone. As soon as I turn it around, though, meh. <laughs> yeah, but you have the gold one, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, it looks like a nice maybe teal color when you're just looking at it from the front. But you know, like I said, when you turn it around, it, it just, looks like um, those galaxy ear pixel know. earbuds, galaxy buds too. It's, green. it's very strange. I liked your cantaloupe uh, comparison. <laughs> it's not, it's not too bad. It's not too bad of a comparison. It's got like that weird hue of. The cantaloupe it's like, colors. It's, it's cantaloupe that has just enough of that outer rind on it to make yeah, it look it's, ha- like it's honeydew. Outer rind. Let's let's make sure we yes. clarify that. Not the bright orange inner, which would have been better, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, th- so I think that's, everybody knows that we don't like those cases, especially me. There are people on the Android Central staff that like them. I will say that I, they're I wrong. Think, I think it's fine for now. Sh- I'd like a different case, though. I think we should dock their pay. Just for being so wrong, those cases no, are bad. No, Jerry, if being wrong were a reason to dock your pay, oh, no, I'm not I, sure I, I would ever I get wouldn't paid. Get paid, right? I, I would, I would work for free, but still, this is a special case. Those cases are just inherently bad. Yeah, but long story short, if you find a case you like that's on that's in stock, buy it. You're not going to see Pixel Six case deals this year for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. I mean, if you you might see like a 10% or 50% if any of the manufacturers just do a site-wide, but Pixel 6 and 6 Pro cases are so backordered that I don't see them getting any sales at all. And the sa- and this goes double for the phone. 
this is usually something that we would never recommend because it's just outrageously priced. Etsy, there are a few sellers that have some really, really nice looking pure leather cases for the 6 and 6 Pro. Oh, yeah. I will say the Bellroy case, the Bellroy case, they're selling out of some of the colors, but the Bellroy Pixel 6 and 6 Pro cases look perfect. I- I'm not saying you should spend $70 on a phone case because, God, just saying that gave me the heebie-jeebies. That's rough. But th- there, there are some available that just do look absolutely beautiful. The Bellroy is 49, feel. so it'll be cheaper than the Etsy. But Etsy has some very interesting designs. Yes. And there are places like Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield has Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro cases. They come in a wide variety of designs. They don't have all of the like collections and collaboration case designs for the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro yet, which is annoying. But there are there are options out there if you're really willing to look high and low. It's just the the common, the off-the-shelf ver- versions of Pixel 6 and 6 Pro cases are getting hard to find. And I guess if you're worried about breaking your phone, you should just buy one from Google. God. It doesn't have to be from Google, but you need to buy a case before your phone arrives. Well, I mean, this Google is still an, has this them is, in stock, right? Uh, not for, depending on the color, not really. Huh. And remember, you can't buy the phone at Google right now. They're waitlisted. No, I just meant the case. If you would. Oh, the case. If you're um, just desperate and are, are worried that you're going to break this big slippery thing, I guess buying it from Google is better than breaking it, but just barely. You, you know, you know what's a nice positive point of that though? Uh, that we wrote up yesterday. If you do happen to break your Pixel Six and have to replace the display, Google has a nice little calibration tool that'll you know, redo the fingerprint scanner so you can still use biometrics, unlike um, some other companies out there who bar you from (laughs) replacing the display and and screw the biometrics up. The display should be much easier to replace than, you know, all all, all other standard phones if you're the type of person who likes to break more things by doing it yourself. Right. It's long story short, it's it's not quite as glued in and it's not used as a heat sink. It's not as attached to so many things and it's relatively easy to take off. But also, please do not try and use this feature because you think the fingerprint sensor on your no, Pixel 6 no, or no, Pixel Sense Pro, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, folks. Nope. Not like that. <laughs> You're going to factory reset your phone if you try that. So don't do it. I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I forgot to unlock the bootloader, so I have to reset mine anyway. Oh, there you go. Aww. Amateur move. And yes, Jerry, all of the Pixel 6 Pro cases are available except the gold on the Google Store right now. So there you go. I- ignore my words of wisdom if you're afraid you're going to break your phone. It's it's fine. It'll do the job until you get something better. No, <laughs> It's it, worth it, waiting <laughs> a week and getting a Spigen or a Caseology for better grip. This is the first time I've ever agreed with Era. Anything is is worth not buying one of those cases. So ignore me. Listen to Era. All right. I I mean the caseology and the Spigen are just better priced and better grip. So there's the more it's the more logical conclusion. But some people will buy the Google case because it is Google and it has the G on the back and it's all nice and designed and it's the aesthetic that Google wanted. I'll bet if you go to Wish.com, you can buy little G stickers and in thirty six weeks you can have them. Gee, oh, I don't think cute? you need 36 weeks. I think you just need to find somebody with a cry cut machine. No, it's Wish. It'd be 36 weeks if you ordered from Wish. That was the joke. Uh, God, I'm bombing. 
<laughs> this is a tough sorry, crowd. Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. My my mind is just racing, so it not everything is computing the way it's supposed to. But alrighty. But overall, either of y'all still experiencing any other issues that we need to bring up or talk through through the Pixel Six before we t- uh, t- cover a couple of little acquisition things and then get to what's making I, us happy. I like the fingerprint display. And I think it's for the same reason most people don't like it. Uh, all the other phones with an in-screen fingerprint sensor just don't work well for me. The tips of uh, a previous job, I used to have to pull circuit boards out of an oven. They use an oven oh. to bake sock. And oh. the tips of my fingers look like you would imagine because, yeah, there's gloves there. But, yeah, it's just easier to grab 36 pieces and go, oh. ow, 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 ow. And then you, your fingertips are all burned and scarred up. Jerry, you're making my hands hurt and, just hearing this. And anyway, th- th- things like Qualcomm's ultrasonic, they just never worked well for me. This one works. I, d- I don't much care for using a fingerprint as a way to unlock your phone. It's just easier for me to zap the pin in. But I find it to be more accurate and work better for me. So if you've messed your hands up, from work or any other reason, maybe the fingerprint sensor will be better for you too. You know, it was great timing there when you were telling us about that story. Your birds were like squawking. Yeah, and it sounded like they I were squawking, squawking in, in pain. pain in the background. I it can't really... shut him up. <laughs> no, it was, it was actually really good timing. No, it was, it was funny. Comic relief. I like it. I will also say I like the fingerprint scanner on my Pixel 6. It's Sometimes I get a bad read, but most of the time I don't. And I use smart lock, so I only have to use the fingerprint sensor like two or three times a day. I, I hate that. it. <laughs> I can't stand You're it. You're using it with a watch. You know what you can do. No, I don't. I don't use the watch most of the time. I'm I'm honest when I say I really don't like Wear OS. I I will I will wear the watch when I go out because it's easier to look at my wrist for notifications. But for the most part, I do not wear a watch during the day. Wait, isn't that a reason to wear it at home? Because it's just easier to look at notifications when you're on, like, a laptop or something? No, because I have the phone on the desk or I have a tab open with messages. I don't really need it. It's redundant for me. And I I know that most people agree with Nick about the fingerprint sensor. I have been told that by, you know... Numerous people. Numerous people that it sucks. Yeah. I'm not going to say it sucks. But I, I, I do know from hearing about it that it takes longer and it has you know a bigger failure rate than what people are used to but if you're that person who always had bad luck with other fingerprint sensors maybe this one will work better for you i don't know what the difference is except of course this one's not powered by qualcomm so maybe it's not as good if you're a normal person i don't know i mean it's also a matter of we're still in that first month where Pixel might be trying to optimize and fix things. Google might still be trying to dial a couple of things in when it comes to the speed of the fingerprint sensor. I hope and so. So things could change in December. But I will also say if you're having issues, uh, you can upload, you can add up to five fingerprints. Add your thumb twice. Yeah. I Just somebody told me that they added a whatever finger they use two or three times and it made it much better and i'm like you know that's pretty smart i never would have thought of that yeah i've i've tried that and it doesn't doesn't help the speed but i'm pretty sure since i've done that it's more accurate so i okay. I, I haven't had to put my pin in since doing that we'll just say that and i'm <laughs> okay. still not in love with the video from this thing 
I still see, I, and I need the stabilization. I thought it was great that it was there. And I just hate what it does to the video I take. As far as still pictures, uh, you know, you can talk about, and, and Area had a big write-up on this. People see what they want to see when they yeah. do camera comparisons. I mean, I, I've had over 200 Android phones. And even the Pixel 4, for all its fault, had a really great camera. Pixel 5, 4A, whatever. This camera, as far as just taking photos, is the best smartphone I've ever used. And yes, I have used iPhones. But the video, I just hate the compression it gives me when I use, you know, any type of stabilization. Take it off and I don't see it. And that's. Well, that's a I bummer. I don't think you could take off the stabilization. Well, you have this, standard the and default, then you have the other right. three. The standard seems okay, but as soon as you use one of the others, it just, I get blotches. When you use the others, for one of them, it zooms in two times optically. You know, that's using... the best of all of them. Uh, I can't figure that out. That should be the worst, and it's not. Well, that's because Tensor and Google have figured out how to fill in the pixels uh, that it loses from zooming in. But yeah, I I, I just leave the standard... standard uh, stabilization on i don't do any of the other modes and it's been fine for me but i also haven't left my apartment that much in the last two weeks not neither have i i just take pictures of little things that move just to play with it i mean really you know what i've done most with my pixel 6 this is so dumb took pictures of things and then magic erased everything in the picture until i'm left with <laughs> just some weird acid trip background that's that's really what I do with the phone. You've made modern art. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Well, we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to talk about two little pieces of news that I want to get a little reaction on, but, and then we're going to get to what's making us happy. Nobody likes to talk about carriers because almost every interaction you've ever had with yours is a pain. They slip in hidden fees that jack up your bill. They offer incentives on devices and family plans only to roll out limitation after limitation. But Mint Mobile is different. Service really does start as little as 15 bucks a month. And you can buy SIMs with a full year of service up front so that you don't have to worry about something getting slipped into a monthly bill after six months. How does Mint Mobile keep prices so low? By going digital. No physical stores mean no ridiculous rents, no extra employees paid on commission trying to upsell you to a bigger phone or an overstuffed service plan. Instead, Mint passes on the savings to you, and everyone is spared a headache. Oh, well, without the people in the carrier stores, how do I get started with the carrier? That's actually pretty easy. You can order your starter kit from mintmobile.com or buy one at local retailers. Once you get it home, you install the Mint Mobile app. Set up your account in seconds and decide if you want to keep your current number or opt for a new one. And that's everything. You're done. I got my Mint Mobile kit in a few weeks ago, and I did the whole setup in the span of a television commercial break. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile will offer a seven-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com ACP. That's mintmobile.com ACP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month with mintmobile.com slash ACP. Alrighty, so we have two acquisition bits of news to talk about. And the first one is Ecobee, Ecobee got bought. 
by someone other than Amazon, which is who I totally thought was going to buy that yep. company eventually. So they got bought by a uh, a home generator company. Yeah. I have a generac called- generator. I hate it. <laughs> don't don't ruin Ecobee. Don't ruin that brand. Please do not ruin Ecobee. My my dad uses that at the house and I do not want to have to deal with helping <laughs> him pick a new <laughs> I don't want okay. to deal with having to help him pick a new system because go if he goes next, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tech support for everything. Go go ahead and ruin it just so I can sit back and laugh at Era's misfortune. Because that's just yeah. the kind of person I am. But no, I I'm not saying the company's bad. I'm saying I have a bum product that they made. How old is the bum product that you own? Oh, uh, probably twelve years old, eleven years okay, old. Okay, so but it was always sure bad. Okay. Well, they are a home, uh, they make uh, home generators, they make business generators, they are, they make electrical grids. So it's not a company that, Generac is not a company most people will have heard of, even though they are responsible for almost all of the home generators that are used in this country. Yeah, they don't make a generator that's got wheels on it or anything. It's the thing that's permanently installed with a big transfer switch. The thing that'll yep. look like your air conditioning unit outside your exactly. home, except it's not your air conditioning, it powers your air conditioning. For people that are dumb like me and live where human beings shouldn't live, like on top of pieces of rocks in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I'm All right. I'm familiar with that brand from the IT days, but um, I know I was oh, happy. So you know. Yes, I am. <laughs> I was happy to see that not Amazon <laughs> bought <laughs> Ecobee. You uh, know, <laughs> if it wasn't Amazon, I thought it would be Apple. I'm because just happy oh, be that would have been the, uh, that would have been a bad one because they would have just stripped out all. Well, no, maybe with Matter they wouldn't have stripped out all of the compatibility with Alexa and Google. E- Ecobee works so well with HomeKit, and it just so few things work really well with HomeKit that yeah, it's Ecobee, just a natural fit. Ecobee, at least for me, is the only thermostat I would recommend that's not called Nest. Yeah, so it's nice. And to I mean, see Ecobee that, is yeah. the best one if you're. Using if you're in a household that doesn't use Google Assistant, right? Because it it's Nest doesn't have great compatibility outside of the Google ecosystem. It'll work on other things, but it won't work as well, right? Yeah. And Ecobee is truly a we don't care what your smart home uses. We just want to be the one that keeps it cool. Yes, and you know, while the electrician nerd inside of me thinks that Honeywell is probably the one you should buy, they're not really very smart. And they're not good either, at least well, in, from the ones I've used. I don't like them. Yeah, I've never tried any of their smart ones, but I know their old, you know, solid state thermostats were just unbreakable. But e- Ecobee, I, I do know that their products work really well. And once you finish setting them up, you never have to touch them again. Updates yep. don't break things. Updates don't make it so it ignores the setting to, you know, am I home or away? Shut up, Nest. I'm here. I'm always here. I'm just not in the same room as you. Stop. Yeah. If, I tell if you nothing, that, if nothing, it's more reliable than a Google product simply because they don't change their mind every three weeks. Yes. Yes. That's, All right. that's an exaggeration. Just, you know, well, whatever. good for Ecobee and hopefully good for consumers that somebody else didn't buy it. Uh, another purchase deal that we have definitely heard about before and we'll definitely be hearing about again is NVIDIA Arm is still getting pushbacks from regulators uh this is more eu pushback on the arm acquisition so jerry i i I want nvidia 
to be able to own ARM. I just want to make sure it's done in a way where every regulatory eye watches it like a hawk to make sure NVIDIA doesn't abuse that purchase. Because from a business point of view, it, it'd be natural to want to abuse it for your own, you know, self-interest. But uh, Ecobee owning ARM will solve ARM's biggest problem. NVIDIA. Which, yeah, yeah, into Ecobee. NVIDIA owning ARM will solve ARM's <laughs> biggest problem, which has been Mali GPUs are good, but they're huge. NVIDIA's GPUs are even better, and they're a lot smaller. And you can have a, you know, there's a reason that the Google Tensor uses older middle middle chips. The, you know, they're using older cores for the, the big little, the, the ones in the middle, because yeah. they're smaller. The bigger ones won't fit with the the big GPU and the, you know, the Google NPU and TPU that are in there. Uh, NVIDIA can shrink that GPU down and you can have even a mid-range chip with a really good GPU that's nice and small and probably doesn't use any more power than they do today. But the temptation would be there for NVIDIA to make ARM's development favor their product. And I, I don't like that that part of it. So I want every regulator to pick this apart. Right. And I do well, think this sale will go through eventually. Eventually. But this week, the, the commission announced that it has opened an in-depth investigation, to which I wonder, yeah. what the heck have y'all been doing for the last... It's been a year, right? At least. Yeah, they should have been in-depth from day one. Yeah, so it's... I don't know what's going on there, but I'm I'm happy. Look as long as you need to before letting this happen. Yep. And then we just need watchdogs to make sure NVIDIA doesn't do exactly what we think other tech giants would do in this situation. Yep. But that was that was all I had left other than Wizards United shutting down, which yeah, I I I, I I can I can totally <laughs> see why Wizards Unite didn't take off the way that Pokemon Go did, because it's just harder to get into. There's more, there's a wider variety of things that you have to do in order to play the game well. Pokemon Go is just easy and fun. Pokemon's so straightforward. That's the thing. Yes. <laughs> I forgot Wizards Unite was even a thing until today. I did too, honestly. I tried it when it first came out and I, even being a huge Harry Potter fan, I was like, eh, I don't want to play this. <laughs> I was okay with it up until the pandemic hit. And once the pandemic hit and the parks shut down, I was just like, this app is going away. Click. Well, yeah, it kind of ruins it. <laughs> Yeah, all yeah. everybody's stuck inside. Now you see why I don't play Pokemon Go. Yes. I yes, I do. I can't deal with the Go part. <laughs> so. I mean, there's a lot of people. I can't deal with the Go part considering I don't leave the house most days. Yeah. Alrighty. But getting away from now about to be dead games, what is making us happy this week? Uh, Jerry, Nick, what's making y'all happy? Go ahead, Nick. I see you filled it in so you're ready. So I guess this is sort of a dead game, but also not dead. Uh, I'm I'm trying to replay Twilight Princess. That's Zelda, in case you have never played it somehow. Um, it's one of my... Actually, no, it is my least favorite 3D Zelda. Uh, God, after Wind Waker, it just felt like such a step back in so many ways mechanically. I, I had a really hard time playing it back then. I never finished it. I loved the story and read the manga. And now I'm like, you know what? Now that my son, I mean, my son has always loved Zelda, whatever, but 
I'm going through it with my son. It's been a lot more tolerable because I, I, I get like some enjoyment of him seeing this for the first time. And I don't know, it's I, I'm pushing myself through it because there are just so many mechanics that they were bad when when it came out. But like they really have not uh, aged very well. <laughs> so- I'm trying to remember, is Twilight Princess the one with the wolf? Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I for completely blanked. I forgot Twilight Princess was a Zelda game. That's why I said you go first, because I see Twilight Princess written down here, and I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> that sounds like something <laughs> I would write down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm i getting a weird mix of, of joy and dread from playing it, but um, whatever. I'm I'm going through it. I like the story. I will force myself to enjoy it. And and I will finally beat the stupid thing. And, so, and are you you playing it on the handheld? So um, originally, my goal was to play it on the fold, and it plays okay on the fold. I guess that goes back to your Molly GPU thing. I don't I don't know. They're not really uh, good enough to emulate GameCube games at all odds, right? Even even running at standard resolution, it's like the performance is not great sometimes. Was that GameCube? I thought that was a Wii game. Uh, let's see, it was both. Okay. Yeah, that that was just like Breath of the Wild. That was one that launched on like two systems at the same time. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were trying it on some you know handheld device or if you actually. Nah, I okay. I'd love to play it on an actual GameCube, but I don't have one. So, uh, and I you bought it forever one? ago. So whatever, I I paid Nintendo for it. I don't feel bad. You, you want one? <laughs> I have two GameCubes. For real. Is it a purple uh, one? No, it's they're uh, both gray. I don't want. Is it orange? No, they're both I don't gray. Want it then throw, throw it away. Okay, they're, <laughs> they're both what? Gray. gray. Oh, is that gray with an A or an E? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had this I discussion mean, the gray in our ones Slack are chat. The nice, the gray ones are the nice neutral palette. You could get it painted up however you want it. Purple. I need the gray my ones were the cheap ones. That's yeah. why yes. nobody yes, they wanted. It. They all wanted that purple man. Come on. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm done. All righty, Jerry, your turn. Mm. Okay. I'm going to assume that most people listening have never really heard about the company called Fairphone. Uh, They're a company. They make phones. They're like Samsung, except they're really, really small. They're the thing, and and they don't sell phones in the United States. That's why I'm going to assume most of you haven't heard of them. But their thing is sustainability. And when they say sustainability... They they don't mean it like Apple and Samsung and Google mean sustainability. They mean for real. The phone ships with a screwdriver. You pop the back off. You can take the battery out. When you need a new battery, you buy it. Recycle the old one. Camera goes bad? Eh, three screws. Pop the assembly out. Buy a new camera, camera assembly from the Fairphone website. Screw it back in. Send the old one back for a rebate in the box. Uh, the, the, This is... Amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And and as somebody who I haven't taken my six pro apart yet, but I take apart every phone I get eventually because I like to see the insides of things and I like to see what it would be like to actually need to repair something. And that's just my nature. I like to tinker with stuff. This is so cool to be able to take Everything inside the phone, you can take the, the main board out and you can buy another one from the company. They offer, I think, five years of support. 
you know, it, it's 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 just amazing. Now, you're, there's not a Snapdragon 888 and 16 gigs of RAM in it. It is what everybody listening would call a mid-range phone, but it's fine. Runs fine. The screen isn't Samsung's latest and greatest, but the screen looks good. It runs good. Uh, it's not 5G here in the States, at least for me on T-Mobile. It's not 5G, but there's no network issues. It 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 works. I can send text, use data slowly, and make phone calls. It is, it's a breath of fresh air in a world where every company seems to be making phones out of glue. And I just, I, I get so tired of hearing sustainability and all these keynote speeches and then you turn around and sell products that are literally designed to work for three years and then get thrown away. And when That's, they break, get thrown away. <laughs> right. Yeah. This phone, when it breaks, uh, number one, when the battery stops holding a full charge in three years, you can pick up another battery for 20 bucks. And as far as changing the battery, it it's 15 seconds to pop the back off, pull the old battery out, put the new one in and snap the back into place. You can buy spare batteries if you're an old, old timer who likes to carry around a spare battery instead of a battery pack. I remember those days. Oh, yeah. I just, it is so different from everything that we're used to now. And having it here in front of me has just been a real treat. And and I'm, I'm reviewing the, the phone as a phone and as something you can take apart. And I'll put, you know, all this into words on the website but I've been messing with it here for a couple days now. And I mean, I just, I love it. The, the screwdriver even comes in the box with the phone, the <laughs> screwdriver, you need to take it apart. That's how serious and committed this company is. Uh, this phone isn't for everyone. And maybe this idea isn't for everyone, but good golly, Samsung, Apple, and the rest. Look at this company, look at what this company's doing. And you should be ashamed of the things you do and say. This is what I hope Project Aura would become. Yes. And it's not... Rest in pieces. It's not a modular phone. Har, har, har. You can't... You know, it's one configuration. It's not designed this way to be modular. Oh, you can upgrade this. No, you can't upgrade anything. Right. But when any of the parts go bad, you can replace them yourself. Just sit at a table with a static mat and replace it with the new part you bought from the company that sold the phone, who will continue to sell all the parts for the phone for a minimum of five years. I love it. Me too. No, it's great. That's the apocalypse type phone. Like you buy the phone, you buy like a couple of copies of each of the major components, and then you just replace right. them. This is for preppers in Montana and Idaho. I expect this phone to just sell like hotcakes if they ever come to the U.S. This is what <laughs> you need to bury, you know, in your in your bunker. A phone like Except this. the batteries, because batteries don't well, yeah. do well on a shelf for a long period of time. Yeah, that's, I guess you, well, it's, you can take everything apart. You could rig a, a set of wires in a hand crank generator and you don't oh, even yeah. need a battery. So there you <laughs> go. This is the prepper phone, but, but in all seriousness, it's, you know, sustainability, the way sustainability should be done. And I like that. All righty. Well, I'm looking forward to that review and Last and least, um, I'm a Disney Parks nerd. Y'all know that about me. I live there. I breathe there. Disney Disney World is my my home. Um, and we got a new fireworks show in October 
And granted, Disney usually takes years, if ever, to put out soundtracks for its enterta- for its entertainment, especially night entertainment. Uh, but they released the soundtrack for the new fireworks at Epcot, which is called Harmonious. Um, and a lot of people didn't like the new show, but I love it and I especially love its music. So having the soundtrack is great because now I can better hear all of the international uh, languages that are being sung in this show. And I can really get the full breadth and width of the music because hearing it in person over loudspeakers that are like every t- 10 or 20 feet yeah it's good but you're not going to get any of the deep tones or any of the high tones you're just going to get the mid and then all the fireworks that are going to drown out everything so i'm i'm super happy to be able to listen to this to actually hear some of the lyrics that i was like i can't tell what they're singing so I'm I'm very happy that I can listen to it. If you've been debating coming to Walt Disney World, uh, take a listen to the music for this because this is one of two fireworks shows that is available here right now and for the foreseeable future because we have no idea when fireworks are coming back to uh, Hollywood Studios. But uh, yeah, that that's it for me. I'm I'm happy I get to listen to more international music. Sounds neat. I I didn't even know that Disney ever released music like that because way back when that's something that company would have never done oh no they used to put out soundtracks of most of like the first time i went to a park the fireworks were a a soundtrack that you could buy the night parade was a soundtrack that you can buy yeah yeah, but i meant like before arrow was even here they had records of some of them Oh, see, I didn't know that records you could buy it like disneyland had a music store and you could buy records ah okay that would make sense that's just another way to I mean, it's just also one of those things of it's a very small, it's a niche product, so it doesn't get widely circulated. So right. unless you came to Disney and bought the records, you couldn't really find them, which is why they are collectibles this, uh, these days. But I'm, I'm just happy to see them release more parks music because other parks like Paris and Tokyo release like all of their park music. And Walt Disney World and Disneyland barely release any of it at all other than a three minute radio mix of a song to try and hype a new parade on each and every coast but yeah so more parks music more of music that makes me happy cool Alrighty, and i think that's it for us this week because we all need to get back to work and get food i definitely need food the rest of the day i I have so many things to do with the rest of the day i I have a hands-on to put together so oh i gotta move yes you do (laughs) it's tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to find my vape pen and play video games. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm also Don't playing video games. Don't worry too much games. about getting it in on time for me, Nick. I'm, I'm editing today and it's going to be a late one. Yeah. Alrighty. But before we get into more of logistics and details, we should probably let y'all go and get on with your days as well. So you can find me at Arawagco. You can find Jerry at GB Hill. You can find Nick at Guanatu. God, God that, that name. Twitter handle. <laughs> Love you both. Yes, already. I love the name more. (laughs) And we will be back next week. And next week is episode 450. And I have something a little special planned. So we will see you then. But for now, uh, is it what? Tacos. Well, I I can't really send those to you, Jerry. Yeah, you can. They wouldn't be fresh by the time they got to you. Well, look who you're talking about. Do you think I care about fresh? Just put them in a mailbox. No, it's not tacos, but okay. it is something you're going to very much enjoy. All right. I, I might know what it is, and she's right. I will enjoy it. 
Alrighty. Well, we will let y'all get back to your day. Have a good day, night, evening, afternoon. Go take a siesta. I know I need one. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Adios. See ya.